credit scores. They're seen as a necessary evil to a stable financial future, and there is a ton of information out there and misinformation. A lot of times they're talking about that four-letter word, FICO. With so many varying tips and tricks being given to you by so many different people, how do you know what are the best personal steps for you? When do you do them and how? Let's get into it. What is happening, my How to Buy a Homies? I'm David Sidoni, and welcome back to episode four of this step-by-step How to Buy a Home educational series. Time to talk about everybody's favorite, credit scores. Now, in the podcast library from season one, I have six, count them, six entire episodes dedicated to this one topic credit scores. So you guys know this is important. The better your score, the more options you're going to have to get a better mortgage interest rate on your loan, not to mention a better selection of loan products. Both of those things can save you lots of money at the beginning and over the 30 years of your loan. Or they might even help you just to qualify for the loan in the first place. Now, there are three hours of content already recorded. There's uh, individual episodes on credit, there are interviews and tips all throughout the old back catalog and library. All that's in season one. If you're looking for the specifics, it's episode three, eight, 56, 61, 64, and 90. Got that good, I'm moving on. I crawled into my cave for the last few months and I tried to figure out how to boil all these crucial topics down for you. And it wasn't easy and it's a lot. So that's why I'm talking fast. Are you ready to go? Good, let's go. Today, I'm gonna give you a summary of what you need to know about your credit score, how it's going to directly affect your home buying power. As I said, there are six full episodes in the back library on these credit topics, so if you're interested about your credit and you want to get serious about it, this one episode today is just a summary, a table of contents. It's a starting point for your personal credit journey. So let's rock. Here we go. Today's topics. When you should start working on your credit. Time, not timing, is everything. Time, time, time. You're going to hear that a lot in this episode. Second topic, we're going to talk about the magic trick. It's called an authorized user. Next topic, we'll talk about FICO versus Credit Karma and the other apps. We're also going to talk about credit score ranges for buying a home, where you need to be in the scores, and the tier system that they use. I'll give you some information on the pie chart of credit, where your credit score comes from. We're going to talk about a soft pull and a hard pull. Yes, That's a thing, and it's not dirty, you little adolescents. Next, we're going to talk about the magic trick again because it's that important. Authorized user. Another topic today will be your credit score affecting everything in your home buying process, your loan rates, your program options, your PMI, your debt payments. And then I've got another great little trick for you called a rapid rescore. We'll talk about the mid-score, what the hell a mid-score is, and a question I get a lot How do you buy a home if you need to use both people's scores? What do you do if your partner's got a lame score? And we're going to talk about tips for bad credit and helping you jump a tier or two in those tier categories that we'll explain before that. I'm also going to explain the difference to you between revolving credit and installment credit. Didn't know that was a thing, did you? Didn't give a damn before this, did you? That's the point. We'll talk about how much you should pay off in each individual 
piece of debt as you're trying to raise your credit. And then, just for fun, I'm going to talk about the magic trick the authorized user for a third time because I want you to do it. We're also going to talk about snowball and credit card consolidation. We're talking, making sure that you guys don't close those accounts. More on that later. And then using your rent to up your credit score. And then one more time, the magic trick, authorized user. I hope you guys know about an authorized user by now. And finally, we'll wrap it up with talking to your unicorn team about the right tips for you. In this step-by-step full education program here, steps three, four, and five, they pretty much go together. I call them the big three. That's your credit score, your debt, and your savings. It's alphabetical if you want to make sure you can remember it. Credit score, debt, savings. To maximize your purchase, you want to start this a year, two, heck, three to five years before you're thinking about buying a home. I gave you all a quick tip earlier on how to start the big three in as little as five to at most 30 minutes. No matter where you are in your wanting to buy a home, you can do that quick little mini baby steps on all three of these right now. And the reason working on your credit score is first in these big three is because everything, I mean everything with your credit revolves on time, time. Nothing happens quickly and it takes time to boost your score. So that's our first topic. Time, not timing, is everything. The number one thing about building your credit score is a simple, factual formula when it comes to how to build your score. Every step, I mean every single little step, gaining positives or if you're working to reduce the negatives, they all take time. I cannot stress this enough. It's all about working with the credit bureaus. They're in control. Nothing we can do about it. And you have to work the system within the system and the system is jacked up. I wish there was a, it probably is a more technological way to say it, but uh, that's my way. It's jacked up. And uh, look, you're not getting an argument for me about how jacked up it is, but we can't fix it. So instead of getting freaked out or getting pissed off at the system, we just learn to beat the system and work at their slow as molasses pace. So that means you need to start early. The more time on your side, the better. And so... Sitting up late, going over all the facts that I've gathered since 2006, I realized that in the back catalog, I'd interviewed a whole bunch of credit pros, and a lot of them kept talking about the topic of time. And I realized when I was going through all of this, hidden in my little cave of research, there's over an hour of recorded information right here on this podcast, just about this one topic of time. So I'm going to hit the highlights and I'm going to move on, but you got to know When you start is so much more important than what you start to do. Time, 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 time. That's how you beat the credit game. So here's an entire hour's worth of education in just three minutes. Ready? (gasps) Go. There is no magic wand. If someone gave you a million dollars right now, your credit score could not go up in 24 hours. Even if you had a million bucks right now, it still takes time. Don't let a bad score scare you. There is nowhere to go but up. If you start now, you don't need a million bucks to figure credit. Everything in credit takes time. The longer that you wait, well, then the less time that you have to improve it. So don't bury your head in the sand. Don't wait for that million bucks. Just start right now. Nowhere to go but up. Time heals all wounds. Don't think because you had some late payments in the past that you're never going to be a homeowner. Where we're starting right now? 
this is the starting point. Gang, it ain't going to be fun. It ain't going to be sexy. You're not going to be like, woohoo, high five, my score went up three points. It's not like something giant to celebrate. So one of the things I tell people is for your own mental health, learn to celebrate the mundane. My wife says she's getting really good at it. Look at your credit reports today, not your credit karma score, your actual credit reports. There's a difference between a report and a score. And look at your reports today. The pros told me that they have never seen a credit score without a mistake. I hear stats anywhere from 30 to 40, up to 70 to 80% of all credit reports have mistakes on them. And the pros say you should expect mistakes. That's the game. And how do we beat the game? With time. Time's your number one alley. Alley? No. Ally. Good talking, David. If you can't buy a home right now, you can improve your score and get some free advice, some direction, and some minor modifications. It's a big thing, but a lot of times, what you the information you can get, it's free. Go to annualcreditreport.com. Federal law allows you to get a free copy of your credit report every 12 months from each of the credit reporting companies. That means you can get three copies every 12 months. So Google it right now, but do me a favor. I know you're smarter than this. Skip the ads at the top. Don't click until you find the actual URL, annualcreditreport.com. A higher credit score takes time, and the higher your score, the better your mortgage interest rate, loan programs, and loan options, which can save you mucho dinero. The longer you prepare. So in other words, the longer that you prepare, the earlier that you start the more improvements you'll be able to make and the better position you're going to be in. The more time you have to work on it, the better. If you're starting with a low score, you can get more details in episode 90. And if you think you're okay with a good or a fair score or you don't have any idea, episodes 3, 8, 56, 61, and 64, they have all the hacks you need. And then you can jump into 90 and find some more things for yourself. And the last piece on time. Like I said, it's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not super exciting. So find ways to figure out how to celebrate where it actually means something to you. Have a bet with one of your friends. First one to 20 points buys the next beers at Monday Night Football. Whatever it is, right? Find something to celebrate with people. Other people are going to enjoy and want to work with you on this journey because everybody hates dealing with their credit scores. Now, the next topic is the magic trick. It's called the authorized user. I know I've said that there's no magic wand to fixing this. Yes, it takes guidance and tips and time, but one of the tips is so massive, and even I used it at 49 years old, and I raised my score 40 points in less than two weeks. So I call this a magic trick, not a magic wand. This is the most underutilized hack there is. And that's not just me talking into a microphone. This is information I'm telling you that I got from the credit pros. I'm going to mention this a few times here today. The authorized user is a magic trick. Next topic, FICO scores versus Credit Karma and the app scores. Whether you're trying to buy a home next month or in the next year or two years even, I guarantee you there's going to be some times when you're going to start using a lot of four-letter words trying to figure this all out. You're probably even going to scream the F word a lot. No, not that F word. The other one. Fritos. No, not Fritos, JT. FICO. 
FICO is in your credit score. That's the fair Isaac Credit Corporation. Who the hell is Isaac? And why is Isaac the ruler of the credit land? I don't know, but I do know that somewhere on your credit score, there's a $12 unpaid water bill that you have from like three apartments to go that you have no ideas on your credit report and it's tanking your credit score. Thanks, Isaac. You're the best. So not so fun fact about Isaac and FICO. All the credit score data that you're getting free from those apps, I have to tell you a little secret. It's not for your benefit. They are selling something. Mostly they're selling your data, by the way, but that's another story. They're also selling their monitoring services or their fixing credit services, or they're actually trying to sell you credit cards or credit programs or products that they offer along with giving you that free score. The credit apps are after a different demographic than homeowners, and you need to make sure you understand that because that score isn't necessarily designed for you. They're designed to help people early in their credit journeys. Like if people are trying to get stuff for appliance stores or electronic stores or a rent for an apartment application or car loans. So most of them use what's called a Vantage score, not a FICO score. This is a huge mislead if you're looking to that app score to be the representative of your score when you're trying to get a home mortgage. According to the pros I talked to, you've got 28 different credit scores from three different credit bureaus. Experian has 10, TransUnion has nine, and Equifax has nine. Yeah, that's 28. I'm good at math. That's one reason if you look up your credit score in different places, you're going to see different scores. It depends on what they're trying to sell you. Now, as I record this in the summer of 2023, most banks and lenders, when we're talking about home mortgages, they don't use Credit Karma's Vantage score for a home loan. They use a very specific FICO score and usually one that you don't see and aren't shown unless you work your credit with someone specifically trying to help you apply for a home loan. I don't make the rules, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I just report them. The last time that I checked with a pro, most banks were looking at FICO scores two, four, and five. But who knows? By the time you listen to this, that could have changed one more time. And only a pro lender is going to know exactly the current scores that are going to be checked when you're applying for a home loan. So yes, you are seeing some credit score information with the apps, but that is 100% absolutely not the credit score information that is going to be used when you're looking to apply for a home mortgage, period. It is not. The bottom line is this. Use the apps for what they're there for to give you some basic information and then get the guidance of a unicorn lender to help you know exactly what your mortgage FICO score is. The next topic is credit score ranges for buying a home. These are what we call the tiers. Let's go ahead and see what Isaac, the ruler of the land, and his fair credit score is all about when we're talking about home mortgages in the FICO score ranges. FICO scores they range from 350 to 850. Now you can get a home loan with a score as low as 580. But as I've discussed in earlier episodes, this is not always the best option for most people. Why? Well, because I assume that most people out there listening to this have already listened to steps one and two. And once you've decided and believed, and then you get your guides, then I know that you're going to be in great hands who can show you how to bump up that score while you are going ahead to work on your credit and save your money and reduce your debt 
all at the same time. So you're going to be getting yourself ready to buy a home and all those things move up together, which means by the time you're ready to buy, you're probably going to get a better deal when you understand this next part, the tiers of pricing in your credit score. For the last several years, for mortgages, they are bumping you up to better pricing and better products in 20-point tiers. Now, it starts there at 580. And then the next tier, obviously, 600, then 620, 640, 680, 700, 720, and then the A tier is 740. And there's one more above that. A plus is 760 and above. So for each tier you go up, the better loan rates and programs you're going to be able to access. Now, a side note for you wonderful anal spreadsheet people out there. If you notice the 760 and an 800, an 810, or an 820, they are going to get you the exact same home loan. 760, when it comes to your home mortgage, is the top. So Mr. or Mrs. 811 credit score, you can unclench your butt cheeks and relax. You could take hits of 10, 20, 30 points and you'd still be fine. You could get five hard credit pulls and you'd still be getting the A-plus loan programs. Later on, we're going to discuss exactly how they determine your tier when we discuss your mid-score in a bit, as well as how the banks view when you come in with a partner and you want to see how your two scores work for a home loan. But let's go to the next topic right now, the pie chart. Mmm, yummy. Nope. It's boring credit stuff again. This is where your credit score comes from. You should know what the credit score pie chart looks like so you can focus on the tips that are going to improve your areas that are weaker in your own personal pie. You've got payment history. That's 35%. You've got amount owed or credit utilization. That's 30%. Then credit history or length of credit. That's 15%. Types of credit or the credit mix, that's 10%. And then new inquiries or credit requests, that's 10%. Okay, doesn't make sense probably with that going in your ear holes. So just Google it and get familiar with the pie chart. We're going to get into the formulas. There's like a thousand of them online, seriously. Back in the library in the back catalog in season one, there's a whole bunch of stuff for each individual area of that. But it's important for you to notice when you're looking at that pie chart or remembering what I just said in your ear holes, there's only one that you can do nothing about right now, and that's the 15% slice of pie that talks about credit history. It talks about, it doesn't talk about it, that has to do with credit history, unless you use the authorized user magic trick. Told you it was magic. Okay, let's go to our next topic right now, the soft pull versus the hard pull. This one has to do with the last piece of the pie, credit inquiries. 15%. Most people have been given bad information on this, and I've seen it cost people tons of money. And for some, they even lost their dream home. Now, I did an entire episode on this recently, episode 199, and I'm still hearing from people who come into me every day and they haven't heard the episode or they're confused about this. And I would love to say this one more time just to make sure that we clear up this giant myth. The only way that you can get a full approval for a loan is to get a hard credit pull, and that's a hit on your credit inquiries. But you have to understand, if you wanna buy a house, doing this at some point, it's mandatory. But because people are so freaked out about that mandatory hit on their credit, 
and they think it's going to knock down that piece of the pie, it's only about two or four points. But they postpone having a lender and do it until they're within just a few weeks of buying a home. I have to explain to you, I'm, I'm here, I'm on your side, I want to educate. I know that you have been told this by other people. And honestly, if I could find those people, I would and I'd punch them all in the face. Uh, just as hard as I could. Because focusing on this is focusing on pennies and totally walking right by $20 bills. A full loan approval is not the only way that you can put in an offer for a home. But in this competitive market, it is the only way anyone's going to take a look at your offer when you're on top of piles of homes. And getting a full loan approval early is the only way that you can truly determine what super creative money-saving programs that you could be using for your next home purchase, which might look better to the seller and could determine your ability to get the home. See, you can lose the home if you haven't figured out the creative stuff in the first place. So at some point, a hard credit poll, we understand it's going to be necessary, period. But by doing a hard credit pull at some point during your planning process, this is how you explore your options. Options are everything. I've seen this several times and it breaks my heart. When buyers come and they're just adamant about not getting a hard credit pull because they're so protective of their credit scores and they wait to get that hard credit pull till just before they want to buy it and then they find something that keeps them down, maybe just one tier. And so that costs them some money. Or even worse, it prevents them from getting a full loan approval, and then they lose their dream home. I have seen this happen. If you're just starting the planning process, and you're early in the process, first of all, great job. Way to go. Happy to have you. Second, let's go back and look at talk, topic number one, the most important one, time. So if you want to, you can get that hard credit pull and take the three or four point hit way early in your process, and then you've got time to make up those small points while you're getting everything together and getting a full and clear picture. Waiting till you get close to get that hard credit pull, which is mandatory in the process, is counterproductive. Do you get it? The strategies, the creative financing, and the options you can work with, you only understand all those when you have a full loan approval, and that can save you tens of thousands of dollars. Immediately in your home purchase, in the upfront fees and loan products or over the life of the loan when we're talking about 30 years of a better deal. So the few points that you get from a hard pull when you are several, several months out, that's the least of your concerns. You're freaking out about pennies while you're stepping over those $20 bills. For more details, listen to 199. It's all in there. Now, Rule of thumb, in 199, I did talk about a soft pull for those of you who are freaking out. Truly, I was telling you about that just to have everyone calm down. So if you're nine to 12 months out and you want to, you can do what's called a soft pull with no points deducted on your credit. Now, I recommended that, like I said, just to ease some of the tensions because there's so much unjustified paranoia of the whole pennies and 20s thing. But if you're really serious about it, I do think that way early, do the hard pull, use the time to get your points back. If you're nine months or sooner from buying, sure, you could start the process with a soft pull and some discussions, but within the first few weeks, you need to do that hard pull. You're going to have to do one anyway, and you could save tens of thousands of dollars finding mistakes, or you can save tens of thousands of dollars creating new techniques or finding new products that work best for you. 
I mean, just think about it. A bump up in a 20-point tier, one tier, two tiers, or three tiers, far more important than worrying about just that teeny little three-point hit. And look, I know that you 760-plus people are the people that worry the most about this. And again, pennies and 20s, gang. Please use the time within the system and use the education, not the Jurassic myths that mean that you actually lose money because you're following an old wives' tale. Okay, the next topic, it's the magic trick, the authorized user. What the hell is it? Okay, the full information on the magic trick, the authorized user, that's in the season one catalog of episodes. But I do want to make sure that I mention this disclaimer on the trick. We live in a jacked up and unfair world and equality in finance is unfortunately still not really a thing. This magic trick is for those of you in a position of some privilege as what you'll need is a family member with some decent credit to use this. And I totally understand that not everyone out there can use this. My mission is to educate all people who subject themselves to having me in their ears. Sorry, peeps. <laughs> and I realize that this might not be an option for some of you and you might not have any access to this. But I've said this in the past. If you don't have a family to lean on throughout your home buying process and you're still here with me in your ear holes, I'm actually going to bet more on you because buying a home takes deciding and believing not just in the process, but what you can do in the process and believing in yourself. And you've been doing that your whole life. So my money's on you. You got this. Let's all work the best we can. And I'm going to make sure I leave no one behind. Now, for those of us who do have the luxury of a family member that's willing to help out, the other side of the coin is I see so many of you unaware of the full gauntlet, the full ammo that's out there for these rent replacement strategies. And so people wait too long to take advantage of them. And this podcast is what I do to try to help everybody who's trying to be a first-time homebuyer, whether they have help or not. And for those of you who can get this help, it's time for me to tell you about it right now. If you're lucky enough, with very little effort, you can improve your credit history in a huge way. This is the history section of your pie. You can't make time go faster, so you can't get a bigger history. But <laughs> you can very simply add 10, 20, 30, 40 years of credit, not to mention some extra credit availability by becoming an authorized user on someone else's card. You can do this with a parent or family member, and it will not affect that person's credit. And look, they're going to tell you, they're going to worry. Trust me. I did this with my dad. I explained it to him in multiple different, very long phone calls. <laughs> and I kept telling him it won't affect his credit. It won't. It won't. It won't. I still to this day think that uh, he doesn't believe me, but he did it anyway. And my score shot up. And so, and nothing's happened to his. So it won't affect their credit, and I'll explain how to do that in just a second. But quick side note, do not do this with a stranger. I've actually heard there are several different companies out there that are letting you pay them to become an authorized user on one of their cards, which means some sketchy person out there has a credit line or a credit card, and they let you be authorized on their card. Don't do that. Just, just don't. There's like a million things can go wrong with that. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that this family member has a good credit line and little to no lates on that card. 
And then, so you pick the card with the most available credit and lots of years of credit history. And then they call their credit company for you. And all they do is they ask for you to be an authorized user on the card. The credit card company then adds you and it sends your family member the credit card, which you could tell them cut up right away. You never need it. Never need to know anything about it, and you're not going to use it. You don't want to use it. You just want their history. Do that, bam. Suddenly, you have 20 years of history on a card with no lates and a 10% usage. You've got a credit history that starts, I don't know, maybe a decade before you were even born. Now, one of the little tricks about this, don't use American Express. It doesn't work as well. If you can, an older Visa or MasterCard, the older, the better. It's magic. I told you guys at 49 years old, my score went up 40 points with this trick. And the lower your score, the more your points can go up. I've had listeners that have had their scores go up 100 points or more. The next topic, your credit score affects everything when it comes to buying a home. Your loan rates and programs, your PMI, and your debt payment options, all of it. So in the rent replacement strategy, in order to stay afloat in this new world of higher rents being paid, unfortunately, too long, costing millennials and Gen Z hundreds of thousands in rent, you may be better suited looking at a lower down payment option so that you can buy a home earlier in the ever unaffordable prices of the housing market. Now, if you're using a lower down payment strategy, that means most likely most of you are going to be paying some PMI. And understanding when you're paying with a lower down payment, you also have to really hustle and get creative to get a really good loan program and a good rate. Now, much of the PMI payments and the loan programs and loan rates, they are dependent on your credit score. That's why all this information is so crucial for you listening to this podcast. Okay, the next tip is something called a rapid rescore. Now, this is for people who move a little too quick, but it's still in their best interest to buy a home. If you're all set to buy a home, but you've got some mistakes on your credit score that you just found, most lenders are going to offer paid options, usually just a few hundred bucks, for something that's called a rapid rescore. This means that they will write letters and they'll send documents and you can get your score recalibrated in under a week. Crazy fast. In the credit score world, that's like 10 seconds. Now, this isn't for everyone, but if you waited too long to get to your pro support, sometimes the trade-off of a few hundred bucks could save you thousands in the long run. Now, here's a question I get a lot. This is the next topic. The What score do they use and what about my partner score? Well, once you're working with that unicorn lending team, you're going to get the accurate FICO score that's going to be used by the bank who's going to be approving you on your loan. They use what's called the mid-score. That's just your middle score not an average, and that's very important to understand. You're going to have three different scores from three different credit bureaus. Now, if your scores are 752, 739, and 738, your mid-score is 739, right? So that means you get the 720 to 740 tier fees and programs. If you averaged them, you would be above 740, but it's not an average. It's a mid-score. So that's why it's insanely important to work with the pro support team early and not just look at your score on your credit card statement or on some kind of app. The next little piece of this is something that uh, comes to quite a surprise to a lot of people I know who are in relationships. Um, when you're qualifying together, sometimes when you qualify for a home loan, you need both incomes because the higher the income, the more loan approval you can get. But 
Just like the mid-score, it's not an average that they use. The lowest mid-score is the score. That's it. So it doesn't matter if you're a 800 and they're a 620. Whatever the mid in the 620s, that's the score you have to use. It's not an average. So know thy partner's credit as thy know thyself. Is that the 11th commandment? Yes, JT, that is the 11th commandment. (laughs) Okay, next up, tips for bad credit or for helping you jump a tier or two. Again, this is hours and hours worth of material, six different episodes, and I'm throwing it together as quick as I can, so it's going to go quick. Ready? Now, I'm going to do credit scores right now, and you're not allowed to get all judgy just because you think you have a good score. Uh, Did you hear about the tiers? Doesn't matter. These tips are to help everybody level up, not just bad credit, all right? So according to the credit pros, here are the rankings for credit scores. Exceptional is 800 to 850. Very good, 740 to 799. Good is 670 to 739. Fair is 580 to 669. And my elementary school teacher would probably say that uh, below 580 needs improvement. Remember those? Did you ever get an NI on your report card? So if you need improvement or you just want to jump up a tier or two, it's all there for you in episode 90. Remember, these will work faster and bigger if you have a lower score, but these also work for you if you're in the fair, good, very good category. Here are the highlights. Some of these are going to sound familiar. There are 10 things. Time is number one. Number two is the magic bullet, the authorized user. Number three is strategic managing and paying off that stupid debt that got you here in the first place. Number four, ask for more. That's more credit. Credit increases from the credit you already have. Number five is pay your stuff on time. Number six, fight the power and dispute. Number seven, eat the frog. Weird statement, but what that means is deal with your collections and your negative marks first, ASAP. Why? Because getting stuff done first means that you can concentrate and it's not a burden on yourself, but most importantly, because it takes time. Time, time, time. Number eight, secure your future with a secure credit card. Number nine, get credit for paying rent, even for your utilities. And number 10, mix it up with your credit. So that's the 10 tips. Here's a few things that we learned along the way. The credit cards report to the credit bureaus at different times. So figuring out when they report and then paying a few days before that, that's a quick and easy way to increase your credit score. Because by doing that, you show less usage and more availability because the payment goes in before the credit bureaus check your card. Another big thing, check your report. I said it a million times already. Reports have mistakes. Question people ask me all the time is, well, where do I want to have my credit cards? Okay, if you have a credit card, you get it down to a zero balance. You can't let it stay at a zero balance. If it stays at a zero balance for more than six months, it stops reporting to the credit bureaus. So what the pros told me is the magic number is 7%. Even if you keep it at 7% for two or three years. Now, how it works is you get negative points going against you if it's above 50%. So you want to get it below 50%. You start to get in the positive when you get below 20%. Uh, Some people say 30. I always try to say 20. But the main answer to the question, where do I want to keep my balances? As close to 7% as possible. Here's another tip. Never close an active revolving credit account. Never, ever, ever. Use that history to help get you the best home loan possible. 
Now, next up is a little tip about figuring out how to get credit cards with the best rates. Just because someone sent you something in the mail doesn't mean you should get that credit card because it doesn't mean it's the best rate for you. Use your best friend, gang, the internet. If you're going to go out and look for credit cards, there are a couple of great sites out there. Make sure you know what you're looking for and make sure you're not shopping on somebody's individual site trying to sell you a card. All right. Make sure you're not looking at somebody's site that's trying to sell you a card. Make sure you're looking at a site that does an honest evaluation of everybody's credit card. Um, And if you want to, you can check the credit card against the Better Business Bureau. That's the BBB. If you don't know what that is, it is not a boy band from the 90s. Check out the BBB. They'll help you out. Another tip, automate your payments. Automate, automate, automate. You're going to hear that a lot from me, especially in the savings portion of this step-by-step. And the number one thing that you need to be doing right now is looking at your credit report. That's right here, both in the what to do for bad credit, what to do for fair credit, what to do for great credit. Find those mistakes. And then, you know, I've got one more. There's a there's a super advanced hack. It's episode 56. There was a listener who tried this tip and had their credit score go up from 640 to 760 points. Bang, in just a matter of weeks. It's a good one. All right, it's a really interesting tip, but it comes with a warning. The warning is this. Episode 56 teaches you a hack that can increase your credit score by 100 points in 45 days. And you'll even get extra money for your down payment. In the example that you're going to hear in that episode, it's an extra $20,000. So does this sound like a scam? Good, good. I'm glad you think this sounds like a scam. That means you're smart. It's not. Nothing in the financial world can be that simple or that easy without having some trade-offs. But when we looked at what people are paying in high rents, the trade-off for this plan, the math works in this particular listener's favor, and it might work in yours too. Now, our next tip talks about revolving credit versus installment credit. That's a little bit what we go into there on episode 56. Uh, But This is a great tip that the pros explained to me. Revolving credit is the type of credit that shows up most on your score. So it's the kind that creates your score. And the lower your revolving credit usage, in other words, the higher amount of your available revolving credit, the higher your score. It's pretty simple. It just shows that you have the credit available, but you can resist temptation. You have credit, but you're not abusing it. So voila, high score. Is that the basis of credit resisting temptation? Yes, that's the basis of credit resisting temptation. JT just turned me into a Bible school podcast. (laughs) Resist temptation, kids. So good. Revolving credits, that means that you're a hero because you can resist temptation. The other type of credit that you might have are installment loans, and that's installment credit, not revolving credit. It's a one-time loan amount, and it has an end date like a personal loan or a student loan. Now, these count for far less on your credit score, and that's why the myth about a student loan killing your ability to get a home loan has been greatly exaggerated. Because this, well, a student loan, it's an installment loan. And one quick little tip on that, if you're new to credit, and you've got a debit card and it's you think that because it's got the little magic logos on it, you know, it's Visa and MasterCard. You think, oh, cool, this is helping my credit score. And then every time you go to use it, you hit the credit and woohoo, that's not building your credit. Uh, that is not a revolving credit card. That's just a piece of plastic that works like a checkbook. And if you don't know, a checkbook is a rectangular piece of paper that used to use to write checks. And sometimes when people do it at the grocery store, I want to grab it out of their hands and push them. So know the difference. 
If you want to raise your credit score, don't just use your debit card. In fact, I've got a better tip. Never use your debit card. Now, don't quote me on this. You have to be responsible. But here's a a hypothesis, a theory. Whenever you would normally use your debit card, like, you know, paying for groceries or gas or utilities or you're going to go out and see a movie or something, don't use your debit card, even though that's being smart and being responsible. Use your credit card and then set a reminder on your phone to pay it with the cash that you're going to use from your debit card, those exact same funds, a couple days later. Nowadays, everything you need to do that is right there on your phone. So when you get the reminder, you can just do it right there with the exact same cash in the account that you have in the debit account. Pretty soon, you're going to figure out the patterns of the dates of when to pay everything off because you did that based on the tip that I gave you earlier. And then your credit score is going to jump. And then the cool thing is the credit card companies start giving you more credit, which you can't use like a maniac. Avoid temptation. Next topic, everyone asked me how much should you pay off? That's all in episode 64. Great interview with a credit pro, uh, at least 50%, but try to keep below 20 or right at the magic 7%. Next topic. Oh, it's the magic trick, the authorized user. Have I told you guys about that? Uh, I just want to once again warn you guys that there are some shysters out there. Don't get desperate. This is going to take you some time. A good support team can help you plenty, and it'll be free. So be careful. There are a lot of scam so-called credit specialists trying to prey on desperate people. And if you need to use a credit specialist at some point, great. I've talked to several over the years, and I know a few good ones. So go to howtobuyahome.com and uh, ask me for that. Or talk to your unicorn lending team. The next topic is the snowball. Can't believe I'm saying that because I'm recording this in like the hottest week ever. I'm in the heat dome right now. Uh, So we're going to talk about snowballs and credit card consolidation. If you are using the snowball method, you're paying off your highest interest credit card first so you can crush your debt. Do not pay them off down to zero and then close the accounts. Do not close the accounts. Credit history is a gigantic part of your score. And even your bad mistakes with your credit cards in the past, once you clean them up and you have that credit card in good payment standing, it's going to help you in the future because you're going to have higher available credit and it's going to be sitting there at that cool 7% usage rate. And if you're looking into credit card consolidation, know that you're wiping away all of your credit history when you do this. I say again, credit card consolidation can be a way to stop the bleeding. But if you're thinking about buying a home anytime soon in the next few years, you are far better to work a snowball system without closing your accounts. Because when you use a consolidation loan, they close all the accounts, you lose all the history. And yes, your payment's going to under control, but your score takes a long time to come back. It's a game and you got to learn all the tips and the hacks if you want to win. You don't need to pay to learn how to do a snowball. You could do it on your own with research and discipline. Then the next one is really exciting. It's using your rent on your credit score. Now, I have been reporting using your rent on your credit score long before John Cena and his purple cow were singing and dancing in commercials about this. In the post-pandemic era, only about 10% of Americans had access to use their rent to up their credit score. You know, your rent, that huge monthly payment that you pay showing that you're responsible. (laughs) Meanwhile, a 30-year-old Forever 21 credit card bill that you didn't know about has to be keeping your credit score in the toilet. So if you go back to the catalog, episode 61 talks about this. And the good news is 
lots of that info in there is, is actually kind of outdated. And that's good because that means even more of you are getting accepted into a program where your rent counts towards your credit score. But that's also bad because now more companies out there know this and they're trying to sell this trick to you for a profit and some of them are way overcharging. So ask your lending professional unicorn team all the things that you want to ask them about using your rent and see if you're eligible and how much your rent can count towards your credit score. I actually found out when I was researching this years ago that 45 million U.S. adults had no credit score. And no credit score, it actually probably means that you're probably really responsible. You haven't taken out credit cards. I've seen someone who had no credit score at all, who was very responsible, but had zero score, use this technique and suddenly get a beautiful score with two full years of credit history. This is a big positive change for renters. So have your support team help you out on that. Okay, the next tip. Oh, guess what? It's the authorized user. Guys, I'm not kidding about this. Like, check it out. Please, please, please. I did it. I did it at freaking 49 years old. There's information about an episode 3, 8, 56, 61, 64, and 90. And even in some of the interview podcast episodes where I had people who used this trick and then they used it to buy a home. The last thing, of course, is to ask your unicorn team for the right tips for you. As you could see or hear, there is a ton to do to research for your particular credit score. And it's very important that you guys do that. Here's a simple example I have seen too many times to count. So a wannabe home buyer starts researching how to buy a home. The internet floods them with all of that. You gotta get pre-approved first. And that all that stuff out there was created by the lenders who were trying to capture them. Well, they keep researching this. They go down the rabbit hole for two or three months in their spare time researching how to get the best mortgage interest rate because they have been told and they think that is the best and only way to save the most money. Then perhaps somehow they find my podcast. We get into a unicorn team and they find out that over the same period, they could have improved a tier maybe two 20-point tiers on their credit score. And that would save them thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in the home buying process. Meanwhile, the mortgage interest rate that they've been researching for the past two or three months, it's changed 375 times in that time period. So all their research didn't mean squat. I've seen this so many times. So many people have said this to me. So I'm not saying, oh, don't be stupid. I'm saying, let's all learn from each other. We're all trying to figure out how to beat the system together. So get your team, do this right. You can use these tips on your own, but with a guide, you're going to be able to do them more efficiently. And most importantly, you're going to get the personal structure to help you on your individual journey. Steps four and five are up next. You can do this.